0: This is Cavs head coach, J.B. Bickerstaff, and you're listening to the Kenny and J.T. Show on News Talk 1480 WHBC.
1: Maybe he should listen to us more and run some plays that we tell him to run (laughs) late in games. And the Cavaliers won't choke down the stretch. Welcome back to the Kenny and JT Show. Happy you're with us on this Wednesday afternoon. And the Cavaliers, a loser last night in MSG 105-103 as uh, Donovan Mitchell. Three shots blocked in the last minute and a half. Evan Mobley's turnaround jumper at the buzzer, no good. Cavs fall to 29-20 on the year. Trading deadline a couple of weeks away, February 9th. To break it all down, let's go to the hotline and bring in the outstanding senior NBA writer, HoopsWire.com. Follow him on Twitter on a daily basis, at Amico Hoops. He is Sam Amico. How are you, Sam? Guys,
0: is it bad that I'm exhausted and we still have two weeks before the trade deadline? No, because it's
2: frustrating (laughs) as hell to watch on a nightly basis. Doesn't matter who they're playing. It's always going to be a battle, and for whatever reason, they still can't close. What gives, Sam?
0: Well, I think part of it is, yeah, there's been some questionable late-game adjustments or lack of adjustments, uh, some lack of timeouts, more than anything during these close games because their bench has not produced like they hoped. You know, Kevin Love is not producing, whether whether his thumb's bothering him or whether he's just, you know, at that point of his career where the injuries have finally caught up. And it's not just him. It's Jetty. Uh, You know, Ricky Rubio's still working his way back. Dean Wade's still working his way back. They're just not – they're not getting any production at all from the bench. The bench had zero points in the second half last night. So, I mean, you're not going to win too many games that way. Uh, You know, and it's it's just not been – lately, you know, like you said, they seem to win one, then lose one, then win one, then lose one. And they're really just kind of spinning their wheels uh, and, and probably are going to look for, you know, some help at the deadline. In fact, I'm sure they are.
1: Sam, the reason I got in touch with you this morning is I was reading your story about the Cavaliers that you posted on Twitter. And you can follow him again, at Amico Hoops. And uh, you posted a story about how Cleveland started 8-1, and but since then... Uh, they're a 500 basketball team, basically. They're 21 and 19. Is that good that, hey, they still are only two and a half games out of second place in the East, or the fact that, no, it's not good because they are just 500, and now other teams that are getting healthy might catch them and pass them?
0: There are two schools of thought there, Kenny. And the first one is yes, this is reason for concern, okay? They have most of their guys right now. They have Jared Allen, Evan Mobley, Donovan Mitchell, Darius Garland, most nights, right? Those are the key four. And then you have Lavert in there as well, Okoro as well. Those are your main guys. Most of those guys are there on a nightly basis. Why are they not playing better right now? That's a fair question. You know, why are they just 500 with most of their guys? That's, those are questions that are fair to ask and fair to wonder and fair to, you know, say they need to make some changes. Why aren't they better than last season? Okay? Mm-hmm. They're supposed to be. Maybe they're slightly better. But, you know, the other school of thought, of course, is it's January. And I have this thought. It's January. They are only two, two two and a half games out of second place in the Eastern Conference. Everybody hit a rough patch from time to time. The days of 73-9 and nine are clearly gone in the NBA. It's parody, parody, parody. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's maybe not such a big deal, and you don't need to be overly concerned at this time. The Boston Celtics lost at home to the Orlando Magic. Milwaukee Bucks lost at home to the Hornets. I mean, everybody has hit these stretches this year, and then they bounce back. So is it concerning a little? Is it overly concerning?
2: Certainly not. Sam, how does this team make sure that they don't become a team like the 76ers? And by that, I mean a good team in the East, but when you think about a team that in the East that can maybe contend for a championship, you're not throwing a 76ers name in there too often. Mostly it's Boston and whomever. But do you compare this team maybe a little bit to the 76ers? Yeah, you don't.
0: You certainly don't want to get caught up in that kind of. They're good, yes. but we're not good enough. And that's kind of where the Sixers are. You know, Embiid's mm-hmm. fantastic. Harden's a nice player, obviously. Harris and all those guys, nice players. But are they the Nets, Celtics, and Bucks? Probably not. And maybe not even the Heat. If you're the Cavs, you don't want to get caught up in that. And I think, look, the one thing I will say between the Nets, the Celtics, uh, the Sixers, and, and the Bucks is the Cavs are really the youngest of that in that top five right there. Okay, their core is the youngest. They're the newest with Donovan Mitchell in his first half of the season with the team. So I think that, it, you know, yes, you don't want to get caught up in that, but you also have, your stars are the youngest of that group and, you know, give it some time and see how it develops. But you have to, to your point, JT, you have to have the good mindset, right mindset moving forward so that you're not caught up in being, you know what, we're just good enough and that's fine.
1: Sam, they get off the slow starts and have to battle back. Is that the players or is that the head coach? And where do you have J.B. Bickerstaff as far as uh, uh, the hot seat meter? How hot is his seat? Does he deserve some of this blame?
0: I think J.B.'s created a great culture and he's created a lot of positivity. You know, the players all admire him and respect him, And that goes a long way. But I think that his in-game decisions and some of his rotations deserve a little bit of scrutiny. You know, that doesn't mean he's on the hot seat. It means if they don't kind of clean it up, he could be. You know, he's not right now. Could he be by the end of the season? Yeah, if they continue to play 500 basketball, he definitely will be. You know, but – I don't think he's there yet. Uh, the Cavs are looking at him like he's our guy. The, you know, he's a match yeah. with these players. So I don't. I don't think that that's the main issue right now. Uh, what is? I I, I I do think that you know there are some questionable decisions when you think about the loss in Memphis the other night, guys. Ugh. When 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 you know they had a timeout sitting there and they didn't use it on, in a couple of instances there in the. Final seconds, I don't know why you're hanging on to that timeout. Uh, and, you know, there have been some other, you guys alluded to it, some other questionable late-game decisions. But I think I think it's on both. It's on both the coach and the players for these slow starts or these slow starts to the second half sometime. That's that's both. If you're the coach, you got to make sure your players are doing it. And if they don't do it, that's on them. But then you pull them out. You say, you know what? You're not getting it done. You're out. So I think it's on both.
1: Sam, the trading deadline, February 9th. What targets are you hearing that they may be zeroing in on? And what can they give up to try and get somebody to help this team?
0: Well, I mean, the, the net trade chip for, for the Cavs is going to be Karis LeVert. Okay? Uh, he, he's got a contract that's expiring. He's got money that makes sense. Uh, for other teams. Uh, and, and, and you know, I mean, like you could do Lavert for Bogdanovich straight up. The Pistons aren't going to do that because they want to pick for Bojan Bogdanovich. Uh, but I'm saying that's the kind of deal you could make. We've obviously heard Tim Hardaway Jr. We've obviously heard Malik Beasley. I don't think any of those guys are going to make you a better team. So maybe, maybe, though, they're going to be a better pick. You know, we have to remember when when they traded for Ricky Rubio, when the Cavs did, nobody thought that would move the needle as much as it did. But Rubio came in and was a fit. And, you know, up until his injury, they were were really going places last year. So um, it really is about fit. So maybe you take that risk by moving LaVert in a deal that doesn't look like it's going to move the needle and you hope it does. Uh, I, I think that that's an option. Kenny, I will say this. So often, Kobe Altman makes these trades that we never see coming. You know, we see all these reports about, oh, the Cavs are interested in this guy and this guy. And then he goes out and gets somebody totally different. So I think that's going to be on his radar this year of, can we make a deal that's going to surprise everybody at the last minute? And not just for the sake of surprise, not even for that sake, but a deal that nobody saw coming that will help us get better. That's always a possibility with Kobe Altman. I think guys that we haven't even mentioned on their radar are, you know, somebody, people that he are targeting, people we haven't even thought of.
2: When you make a deal and you end up with a guy like a Jared Allen, and obviously, you know, a lot of people will say, well, you fleece Brooklyn, they had no idea this guy was going to be an all-star. I think a lot of times you look at the league and, hey, maybe we don't want to deal with Kobe Altman. Do you think that could be a possibility?
0: Yeah, you know, I mean, the good thing is, they—he has a good state. Like I will, and I love the guy personally. Chris Grant, the other general managers, did not like dealing with him. They didn't care for him because he—he wasn't—he wasn't really like, you know, I—I op- I don't want to say honest, but he was always trying to fleece you and made it very obvious to the point where other teams wouldn't deal with him. Mm-hmm. They got tired of talking trade with him. Kobe Altman has a very good reputation amongst other GMs as a guy who's fair, who tries to make fair deals. So I don't think that they're at that point yet. Uh, you, you know, look, you win enough trades, and, yeah, teams will be skeptical to deal with you, uh, but not not in a bad sense. So I think Kobe's in good standing, and that, that allows him, you know, access to other teams. And he's viewed as fair, fearless. And respected across the league. So I, I think that works very much in the
2: Cavs' favor. Sam, I want to take you back to the Donovan Mitchell trade. And I've been asked this countless times. Kenny, I'm sure you probably have too. A, did they give up too much? And B, yes. could they have maybe gotten away with not giving them, uh, I won't say Lowry Marketing, but maybe even a Colin Sexton? Because I look at this backcourt and I think they're logging too many hours. Did they give up too much for Donovan Mitchell?
0: I'm more concerned with the picks than I am the players. Obviously, you would love to have marketing. You're not going to get Donovan Mitchell unless you give up something. They, uh, so, marketing you had to surrender. You know, Sexton wasn't going to have a place here, you wouldn't think, because when he first got here, the Cavs made him the face of the franchise. You can't tell the face of the franchise, okay. you're going to come off the bench now. Gotcha. It's just not going to work for him. So they had to trade him in this trade. The picks, yeah, that's a concern because you know, you lose Donovan Mitchell, say, in a couple years, you've got nothing at all to show for him. I'm not saying that's gonna happen, but to me, yes, it seems like they gave up too much. It just it just does. That said, I I think you can salvage it. I mean, the Lakers went out and got Hachumara For, you know, a no-name guard and Kendrick Nunn and three second-round picks. The Cavs, I I don't know what, you could have just given them Okoro and called it a day, you know. So, I think that those deals are out there, guys. Bogdanovich, Kuzma.
1: Cavaliers don't have the capital to get either one of those guys, correct? I would think not. I I would think that those teams would want picks. They would want first-round pair. Right, right. So is there somebody Sam Amico is, is looking at? Because I, I know you, Sam, you're looking, okay, which teams are not a, a playoff team? Which teams are not a play-in team? Okay, which guys have contracts they want to get rid of? And uh, is there anybody that, that you would like to see? Or maybe you're going to pick up the phone and text Kobe Altman and tell him to go get somebody. Who does Sam Amico want <laughs> that might be out there?
0: Well, I, I mean, I've looked across the board, and – to me, you're going to have to make a low level trade. I wouldn't give up Lavert at this point because okay. he's playing 31 minutes a game. You're all right. of a sudden, you know, I mean, you're really shaking up your rotation if you trade him because this is a 31 minute a game guy. Maybe just see if you can go get that wing without something. To me, the one, uh, there's been a couple guys I listed. One guy that stands out to me. That would help you open up the floor. He's a veteran. He's been there before. He's in a good situation or he, he's always has a good attitude and not in a great situation. Doug McDermott, and you could probably get him for Dylan Windler and a second round pick from the Spurs. And it's because he's, you know, he's 30 years old, 31 years old. He's an outside shooter. He filled the need. You're not doing anything. Is he going to come here and average 20 points? No. But if you give him seven shots from the wing, you know, or beyond the arc, he's probably going to knock down four of them, you know? And, I mean, to me, that's, that's the kind of guy that you could go out and get that will add to your team without subtracting anything. So, yeah, I mean, we've heard the names Bogdanovich, Beasley, Hardaway. Those guys, to me, you have to give up too much to get not enough in return. McDermott, players like him. There are a few others. I do like Alec Burks from the Pistons. I've brought, mentioned him before. He's shooting a career high in threes. Uh, he played the Cavs before. And you probably wouldn't have to give up much to get him. Guys like him, Terrence Ross, McDermott, those yep. guys are very low cost. You know, what, what, what's the old saying? Low risk, high reward right. kind of guys. cannot give it a shot. Sam,
1: we always appreciate the time. i got to get to a break here. Do me a favor, uh, inquire about Gordon Hayward and the Hornets, and you and I will talk off the air about that one. All right, buddy?
0: That sounds good, guys. Thanks so much for having me, and we'll talk at you soon. All right, there he is,
1: one of the best in the business. Follow him on Twitter, at Amico Hoops. See him at HoopsWire.com, or here on the Kenny and JT Show, he's senior NBA writer, HoopsWire.com, Sam Amico's.